It's March 21st, 2022, and this is your Ukraine Daily Brief from the DSR Network. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kottnor. Our top story today, over the weekend, Russia used hypersonic missiles for the first time in combat. This next-generation weapon is able to evade missile defense systems and move at Mach 5 within the Earth's atmosphere. In my opinion, this is more about signaling to the West than it is about hitting Ukrainian targets. Russia has already been shelling Ukrainian cities with dumb weapons, which have been catastrophically effective. So they don't need to use their expensive weapons unless they're trying to send a message to the West. Because of their speed and evasive capabilities, these missiles pose a real threat to the entire Western alliance. So it will be interesting to see if this impacts the West response or their unity. Peace talks are continuing between Russia and Ukraine via video link. There seem to be at least two major sticking points. The first is what security guarantees are necessary for Ukraine to give up their constitutionally established goal of joining NATO. The second is what to be done about Crimea and the Donbas. In an interview with CNN over the weekend, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said that he is ready to negotiate with Russian President Vladimir Putin, but that there are compromises around territory integrity that cannot be made. The Russian Ministry of Defense gave an ultimatum to the people of Mariupol, the southern Ukrainian town that's been under bombardment for the last two weeks, to surrender by 10 p.m. Eastern Time yesterday, otherwise the violence would intensify. The Ukrainians have not surrendered and claim that Russia has been kidnapping people from the town and taking them into Russia. Hundreds of thousands remain trapped in the city. Greece's consul general in Mariupol was able to finally escape the city and said that Mariupol will become part of a list of cities that were completely destroyed by war. The Kiev Independent is reporting that Ukrainians in the Russian-occupied region of the Donbas were being conscripted into the Russian armed services and deployed with little training to other parts of the country. A wife of a conscripted soldier claimed the recruits went without food and water for three days and that conscripts were required to be on the front lines or face violence from the Russian armed forces. Zelensky spoke with the Israeli Knesset and connected the war to the Holocaust, saying that the Nazis called this the final solution to the Jewish question. And now, in Moscow, they're using those words, the final solution, but now it's directed against us and the Ukrainian question. Israel has not imposed sanctions on Russia, is not providing Ukraine with their Iron Dome missile defense system. The United States has raised with Turkey the unlikely possibility of sending its Russian-made S-400 missile defense systems to Ukraine to help it fight invading Russian forces, according to three sources familiar with the matter. It came up briefly during Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman's visit to Turkey earlier this month. The Biden administration has been asking allies who have been using the Russian-made missiles to consider transferring them to Ukraine. This is a really interesting development because those missiles were a point of contention when they were purchased and actually caused the U.S. to suspend their F-35 fighter jet program with Turkey. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually put them to good use in Ukraine. China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi said on Sunday that time will prove that China's position is on the right side of history over the Ukraine war. China will continue to make independent judgments based on the merits of the matter 
and in an objective and fair attitude. We will never accept any external coercion and pressure, and we also oppose any groundless accusations and suspicions against China. Elsewhere, China's vice foreign minister, Li Yuchang, on Saturday claimed Western countries were weaponizing globalization. He said sanctions imposed against Russia are being more and more outrageous and claimed the abuse of sanctions will have disastrous consequences for the world. Germany and Qatar have agreed upon a long-term energy partnership to help cut reliance on Russian gas over the invasion of Ukraine, German economic minister Robert Habeck said Sunday. Although we might still need Russian gas this year, in the future, it won't be so anymore. And this is only the start, Habeck said. Qatar is one of the three largest exporters of liquefied natural gas. Australia has banned the sale of aluminum ores to Russia in response to what it described as unrelenting and illegal aggression towards Ukraine. Prime Minister Scott Morrison said Russia must pay a very high price for its brutality. It must pay the price economically. It must pay the price in diplomatic terms as well. The ban came as Foreign Minister Maurice Payne described Russia's atrocities in Ukraine as war crimes and said innocent civilians and civilian infrastructure were being targeted. Russia relies on Australia for 20% of its aluminum needs. A crucial portion of the world's wheat, corn, and barley is trapped in Russia and Ukraine because of the war, while an even larger portion of the world's fertilizers is stuck in Russia and Belarus. The result is that global food and fertilizer prices are soaring. Since the invasion last month, wheat prices have increased by 21%, barley by 33%, and some fertilizers by 40%. For those living on the brink of food insecurity, the latest surge in prices could push many over the edge. After remaining mostly flat for five years, hunger rose by about 18% during the pandemic to between 720 million and 811 million people. Earlier this month, the United Nations said that the war's impact on the global food market alone could cause an additional 7.6 million to 13.1 million people to go hungry. Around half the single shift of staff who have been working nonstop at the radioactive waste facilities at Chernobyl since Russian forces seized the site last month have been relieved by other Ukrainian staff. The International Atomic Energy Agency chief, Rafael Grossi, said on Sunday, It is a positive, albeit long overdue, development that some staff at Chernobyl have now rotated and returned to their families. They deserve our full respect and admiration for having worked in these extremely difficult circumstances, Grossi said. The Ministry of Energy in Ukraine wrote in a Facebook post yesterday that more than one million of their customers remained without gas supply. Gas is the primary means of heating homes in Europe, and with the weather still dipping below freezing on some days, the lack of heat can become life or death issue for those trapped in besieged cities across Ukraine. Ukraine opened seven humanitarian corridors on Sunday to allow civilians to leave frontline areas, according to the country's deputy prime minister. She added that the humanitarian corridors will allow the evacuation of residents of settlements targeted in the Russian invasion, as well as to send aid. This comes after Ukraine and Russia have previously clashed on evacuation routes, and Ukrainian officials have accused Russia of blocking and shelling humanitarian corridors despite agreements between the two countries. 
10 million people have been forced to flee their homes in Ukraine, UN High Commissioner for Refugees Filippo Grande said on Sunday. Among the responsibilities of those who wage war everywhere in the world is the suffering inflicted on civilians who are forced to flee their homes. The war in Ukraine is so devastating that 10 million people have fled, either displaced inside the country or as refugees abroad, Grande said on Twitter. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip or topic you'd like us to cover, please email us at udb at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the Ukraine Daily Brief. So go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure that you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, tune into Next in Foreign Policy tomorrow, where we talk with documentary filmmaker Lorraine Ma about her latest film, Faceless, and about the connection between the fight for democracy in Hong Kong and in Ukraine. Stay safe and stay tuned to the Ukraine Daily Brief from the Deep State Radio Network.